everyone, this is Questionably Insane, I'm Ghost Tyra. Today I'm going to be discussing with you my stroke. So, <clears throat> some of you that listen to my podcast, you already know I had a stroke, but some of you do not know. And, so let's go back. 2017 January, I had a stroke. It affected my left side and my voice. I couldn't speak and I had trouble lifting and moving my left arm. So I'm left-handed. Um, like Obama. So anyhow, I'm left-handed. And um, I had to, well, I didn't have to, but I'm just a real determined person. And I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna stop a little bit and tell you something. Determination is key to recovery in anything, in any illness that you have. Yes, there is. There are real limitations to an illness. This is true. But there's also the determination to not let that illness control you and dominate your life. So let me get back to my story. I had my stroke, my husband took me to the hospital, thank goodness, you know. Um, I didn't have any major brain damage, but I still had some damage, and it, they said it would repair itself in time. But my voice was gone. There, gosh, I can't think of the name, but I think I should have wrote it down in my notes, but I didn't, I apologize to you. But there's like a, a, a airway in my throat and up to my nostril where the flap doesn't close all the way. So at that particular time, I could not speak and breathe at the same time. So when I spoke, it was real and breathy. I had to hold my nose super tight to be able to even speak a few words. This was a difficult time for me. It's still difficult. Um, my head, my left head shakes sometimes, from time to time, especially if I get upset or if I get exhausted. If I overwork it, it it'll still shake, you know. And I, I was embarrassed by it for a spell, but not anymore, because I had to come to the realization that I could be dead. I had the same type of stroke that John Singleton had. The only difference is I did not have a blood clot, and he did. I could be dead. Do you hear me? I could be dead, and then went being unquestionably insane with Coach Tyler. So we're going to give all praises to the great I am, to the Lord, to Allah, whatever you want to call him. Our wonderful creator, Jehovah Jireh, whatever you want to call him. I'm giving all praise and glory to my maker, to my doctors, and also to myself for my determination to get well. Because sometimes the doctors don't even know, so let's go back to that. My neurologist told me, you have made a 90% recovery. Just be happy with that. Now I'm sitting in his, his his office, and he's telling me this. Now 
you may not know me, but my facial expressions will never conceal my true feelings. I may not say it, but my face will always show it. So I took out a napkin on my purse and I wrote on the napkin, Ye of Little Faith. And I gave it to him because I could not say it. I asked him to Sydney. I wrote down and asked him to Sydney to speech therapy. He said, I don't know why you want to go. You can't even speak. And your speech probably won't return. This is what the neurologist said to me. So I gave him the note that said, Ye of Little Faith. And he sent me to speech therapy. I went to speech therapy for eight months, physical therapy for four months. When I went to speech therapy, it, it, all I could say without holding my nose was, ma, ma, ma. That's it. You have no idea how frustrating that is for someone who makes their living speaking to people as a coach, as a public speaker, as a mother, as a wife, as someone who loves to sing. I can no longer sing that it, I mean, I, I, I can fake a tune, but it doesn't sound anywhere near what I used to sound like. Not even now that my voice has gotten better. And if you listen, Closely to the way I speak, I still uh, have a lot of breathiness when I speak because technically I really do need to have a surgery, and that's a whole other story. So I'll come back to that. But I went to speech therapy, it was very hard. But the lady at the speech therapy, she was so patient with me. And all of the crazy techniques she showed me, I just thought this one was the same. She had me doing something called, mm ga, mm It's like you hold your tongue up to your to the roof of your mouth and make the mm sound. Like an N-ga, to get the full range of motion of your throat and your tongue. Because for some odd reason, when I had my stroke, my body shifted. No lie. I'm, going, I'm actually going to a chiropractor now, and he's telling me, Ms. Ray, said, your hips are shifted. I said, yeah. I keep telling people that the left side of my body went down for some reason. Or either right side went up. I don't know. Either way, it's not, it's not noticeable to you if you don't. Know me, and if you don't know to look for that, so I'm sure now if you if you see me, you'll you'll be looking at me to see if one time my body is lopsided. <laughs> and if I catch you doing that, I'm gonna say you must have heard it on my podcast. But anyhow, I'm secure. I'm totally secure about it. You know, during that time, I'm still trying to. I'm a stubborn person, just like anybody else. I'm a cultural human. Nobody wants to beat defeat, especially someone like me, because I don't believe they're going down when I fight. But I shouldn't take the time to recuperate. Nevertheless, I've hauled on, went to a podcast, um, a Facebook podcast with the associate of mine, 
called Exit Chicks. I was doing videos. And if you hear my voice back then, it is gut-wrenching. But some people were very, very inspired that I could I continue to push through. But really, I should have just said now. I really should have. So the very next year, 2018, I did sit down. And then something I was working on fell through. I went into a, a mild impression. And I, had, I, I put myself on that. It carried on. And now we're here. So my voice has gotten better over a two-year period. My hand does still shake. I no longer walk with a cane. I walk around like nothing ever happened. But if you were to see me in person and speak with me, then you would immediately know I had a stroke based on the way I speak. Like my the, the muscle movement in my face is not quite what it should be. I'm okay with that. I I did a, a Facebook live and a man made a comment and said, "You need to get off the Facebook live. You look retarded, trying to speak, and you you making everybody uncomfortable." I was going to reply to him later, but I didn't have to. Because my friends with friends and family and, and and clients and community drug him to hell. <laughs> because my stroke and my comeback makes you feel uncomfortable. You know why? Because that means that you have excuses why you're not doing the things you need to do. And then to see this woman who had a stroke come back so hard makes you feel like a failure. That's what that is. And you can't shut me up. That doesn't bother me. Not in the least because I understand that that's your insecurity. Not mine. I'm a part of three different strokes of mine for groups. And believe you me, people out here who are sick have multiple illnesses. They, they need to hear a success story. They need to hear somebody say, fight back, don't give up. Because it is hard to come back from a debilitating illness. Also have fibromyalgia and I have diabetes. And my diabetes is the reason why I had a stroke because I'm stressed out about things that was going on with my family members. And I'm always the one to take care of everybody else. And I was neglecting Tyra. My A1C level was going up. My blood sugar levels were going up. And I had a stroke. And that's a great lesson for me, though. I take it as a lesson learned because I learned to put me first. And I know that, you know, we all talk, put others first, put your family first. But if you learn to be completely selfless, then you end up feeling worthless and you end up being empty. 
How can you be of great service to your family, your husband, your children, your friends, your community, your job, your business, whatever it is that you do, if you're running on empty? You can't. We got you do every person in your life a disservice when you're running on empty. So I'm telling you for this day forward, put yourself first. I had to learn to say no to people because I'm worried. I'm not necessarily a people pleaser, but I. I and I have, I actually have an ebook coming out talking about the power in saying no. And I have an eight-week course called The Limitless My Coaching Business that you can go through when I'm talking about the same thing. But you, there are reasons why people don't say no. Most people don't say no because they want people to like them or they feel obligated or they have a savior complex. That's me, the savior complex. Because I'm always, oh, I can help you, I can help you get through this. No. And I have to take a step back and tell some people in my life, because they become a codependency. They're codependent on me, and it's like I'm codependent on helping them. And I'm like, this is what I do for a living. I don't need to be um, coaching the people in my life like that. I don't. Because it, it, especially with your children and your spouse, you know, my husband, my father, my mother was like that. She was a savior. And I stepped right into her shoes. We learn these roles from parents, family members, whoever, uh, whoever is the biggest influence in our lives. We learn good habits and bad habits. Unintentionally, of course. Of course, your mother's not going to teach you to be an angler or teach you to be a people pleaser or teach you to have a savior complex. Of course not. Of course, your mother or father or grandmother, whoever raised you, would never intentionally teach you to be these things. But nevertheless, you are. And so I had to learn that the person I need to save first First, is Tyra. So I make sure I take my medications. I take my blood sugar regularly. I make sure I eat better now. And when my family want me to do something and come to me with problems, if it interferes with my well-being, you know what I say? No. Because I can't save you if I'm not saving me first. Now you think about that. When you're on an airplane, how many of you have been on an airplane? I'm quite sure many of you have, and for those of you have it, I'm going to tell you something. When you're on an airplane, the, the airline attendant and the flight attendant, um, stewardess, whatever you want to call it, call them, the flight attendant will tell you, in the case of an emergency, and the flight is using altitude, Put on your oxygen mask first before you help others. That's the same thing in life. If we was at the boat tipped over, 
and we need to get back in the boat. How can I help you get the boat if I don't pull myself up and get my own self in the boat first? And then pull you up and give you and send you a life jacket or whatever you may need. The little donut thank you. You must I repeat, you must, you must, you must, you must save yourself first. I'm not telling you to neglect your families, your husbands, your wives, your mothers, your fathers, your jobs. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to be at your optimal best. You must replenish yourself first. I guarantee you, you will be a better person. I am a better coach now than I was two years ago prior to my stroke because now I'm not running on empty. Now I'm not trying to get every single client I can get. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm taking a little drink because I'm telling you, my, my, my throat gets really dry because, like I said, the air comes in whatever flat back there and does it close completely and so my voice gets dry I my voice sounds really raspy and breathy and I'm still working on that trying to go into an ENT specialist that handles voice problems and possibly have um, a surgery that's what I'm trying to do um if I can get to that point, I will definitely let you know. And I will do some pre-recorded shows prior to my surgery so you won't miss out on anything. And I might even tell my, one of my daughters to do an update for me so you know how I'm doing. Because they say that the uh, the surgery is like you, you can do the surgery and then you... You know, you're not supposed to speak for like a two-week period or so. But anyhow, so keep, keep me in your prayers. Keep me lifted up. And also, um, pray that Trying Care will finally come through with the ENT specialist that can handle my situation. Yes. So, I'm, I'm not, let me go back. I'm not telling you that having a stroke did play a big role in... Um, on me and, and how I felt about who I am. Of course, I'm a human being, just like you are. So I was sad. I was angry. I was hurt. I felt discouraged. I, I was actually going to shut down and quit my coaching business. I really, really was. I didn't have any reason to go on with it, but I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. was something in me just saying, Tyra, even though you can't speak right now, you're going to speak again. So do not quit. Do not go softly into that dark night. You know what I mean? It's just that resilience that's in you that tell you to push forward. And so this is my story. And... I was going to name it Still I Rise. But mostly this is a pep talk and encouragement for you to know that no matter what you're going through in your life, no matter how dark it gets, 
Like the rhymes will tell you, you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for God is with me. Now run, now stamp, that comfort me. Now prepare for table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Tyra all the days of my life, honey. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remember that, people. Remember that. Where is your faith when times are dark? That was a dark time for me because my life had changed as I know it. Not being able to speak, not being able to walk without assistance, not being able to remember, having fainting spells. I mean, my life was really turned upside down. And do I feel 100% like myself? No, I don't. And maybe I never will. I don't know. But what I know I'm not going to do is I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. There's a poem that I told my children when they were young. Because I never wanted to be the kind of women that sit around and feel sorry for themselves. No matter what love life did to them. Because life is going to beat you down. You're going to get sick. You're going to get a divorce. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your job. Your dog going to die. Your mama going to die. Your daddy going to die. You're going to get in a car accident. Something's going to happen. I don't know what. I'm not saying all these things will happen at once. Or to one person. God forbid. But something in your life is going to go wrong. That's just the way life is. It's the law of averages. If you go up, you got to come down. So... But the thing of it is, it's not that you go down, it's how you handle it, how you respond to going down. You go down, get back up swinging, get back up fighting. Don't be no punk. You can't sit on the sideline of life. You can't check out life because life didn't beat your ass. It beat my ass too. And I'm getting back up swinging. Are you a man or a mouse? A woman or a cat? Period. Woman up, man up. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter how hard it is, find some way to fight back. Let me tell you something. I knew a man who was paralyzed and could not speak. All he could do was lay in his bed. He really was just there. He could not speak, but he, he knew what you were saying to him. He could see, you know, all of that, but he cannot speak and he cannot move. But when we would ask him questions, he would nod his head. He would nod his head. And every day, he wanted to go outside. Just simple as simple as that. He wanted to go outside every single day. That was his way of fighting back. If you can't do anything but raise your peaky toe, raise your peaky toe. Don't feel sorry for yourself because this is a poem I'm going to tell it to you. It's about William Henley. I hope I remember it correctly. It says, 
No, no, that's a different one. Ah, I'm getting confused. Yes, who would kill me? No, this was D.H. Lawrence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's called Self-Pity by D.H. Lawrence. I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself. A small bird would drop dead, frozen from a bow, without ever having felt sorry for itself. Self-pity is a vicious disease. A vicious disease. You do not want that because you don't need that. You don't need to feel sorry for yourself. Yes, you can cry about what happened to you. You can feel bad, but get up. Get up. One more round. Just like in the movie Rocky. Big Sam ain't here no bell yet. Get up! The bell has not rung or you yet. Let me tell you how I know. You want to know how I know? Because we're not dead yet. I'm not dead. Dead people can't make a comeback. Dead people can't push through. Dead people cannot turn around. But living people can. And so I don't know your story. Only you know your story. I would love to hear it if you want to share it with me. But I'm telling you part of my story. This stroke took me off the game. But I'm back. With the vengeance. I am back. And although my voice is different, it's raspier, it's rougher, it's, it's breathy. <clears throat> I'm still here. I'm still living. Just like the great song by Sam Cooke, Change Gonna Come, says... There was times that I thought I wouldn't last too long. But now I think I'm able to carry on. It's been a long time coming. But I know a change gonna come. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Please share it with your friends. That's the way you can support me. Also, you can also sponsor um, the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you listening. I really, really do. And I hope it inspires you, uplifts you in some way, shape, form, or manner. Please, like I said, share my podcast with others so they too can be inspired. Until next time, I'm Coach Tyra. Be blessed.